Hey Property Insiders, my name is Mike Stenhouse and this is episode 176 of the Inside Property Investing Podcast. Before we get into the show, let's just take a minute to thank the sponsors that make this podcast possible. Do you want to spend your time building a portfolio or building furniture? Fusion Furniture Solutions offer a complete nationwide service for investors and developers. With no minimum order size, three-year guarantees, and free installation, leave the furniture building to the experts at fusionfurnituresolutions.co.uk. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Bill Lorriman. Now, Bill is the Managing Director of HMO Tax and the Sales Director of the Bailey Group. These companies offer a range of commercial and property tax services, but one of Bill's specialist subjects is capital allowances. This is a subject that many property investors know very little about, but one that has the potential to save a lot of us a lot of money if it's handled in the right way. It's something that personally I wasn't really familiar with until a few months ago, so I've invited Bill along today to give us a bit of an overview of what exactly capital allowances are and who can take advantage of them. Now, Bill, I'll leave the details to you. You are the expert after all. But firstly, let me just say welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I look forward to it. Hope I can help everybody. Excellent. Save some serious tax. I'm, I'm sure you will be able to. Now, Bill, just to, to give us a bit of a background, first of all, I suppose, I mentioned capital allowances there as if everyone knows what they are, but I guess a lot of people are coming into this this episode of the podcast maybe having never heard of capital allowances before. So, I mean, let's take it back to the real basics to get started. Can you give me an overview of what exactly a capital allowance is and how it came about in the first place? Okay, capital allowances uh, refer to everything that's in, that's in the fabric of your property. If you own a commercial property, pub, club, hotel, restaurant, care home, multi-let, student-let, holiday-let, within it there will be claimable capital allowances. Now, trying to explain to people what they actually are is quite interesting. Let me just wind the clock back a bit. One of the biggest problems we have with capital allowances is everyone says, I've never heard of them. Now, we're chartered accountants. We've been doing capital allowances now for 13 years. Last year, Mike, we actually identified total tax savings of £20,959,618. I mean, it is that serious. I'm going to repeat it because it's £20,959,618, which I'm very, very pleased of, of course. Now, the biggest objection we always get is we've never heard of them. And that implies, of course, that they can't be good if you haven't heard of them. The second one is why hasn't my accountant told me about them? And the third is they sound too good to be true, so they must be. Okay, wind the club back. These came into law in 1878. There is an exam at the end of this, by the way. In 1878, they were enshrined in an act of parliament to help property owners invest in property more. In 2012, they were ratified in the Finance Act. So these capital allowances are not a wheeze, they're not a scheme. They are an act of parliament that HMRC have produced clear guidelines about. The law on capital allowances is very complicated and very complex. Tolly's Guide to the Law is 520 pages long, very small print. Not, not something you'd consider bedtime reading then. <laughs> no, I've tried. Plants and machinery sounds straightforward, doesn't it? There's 300 different definitions of what can qualify. 
We know of a farmer had his six working dogs classed as plant and machinery under HMRC guidelines. This explains why it's so complicated and convoluted and why 90% of commercial property owners haven't done anything about it because their accountants, bless them, actually this is the equivalent of a degree course. And our property tax law speciality is understanding what's claimable and what isn't. And we help owners of commercial properties actually save serious tax. And that's our mission in life, to help make that happen. And I mean, when you mentioned the numbers that you saved last year alone, that is a phenomenal amount of money. I can see why it is something that you are passionate about. But equally, on the other hand, when you talk about how complicated it is, you can see why a lot of people just ignore it or brush it under the carpet. Or, you know, it's, it's almost a, a scary subject to get involved in. But I mean, you've, you've explained a little bit about why so many people are unaware of them. But just to, to help me understand how the, the actual process itself works then, you, you mentioned that it's specific to commercial properties, right? But you said things like holiday lets and HMOs. So people who might consider them as residential investments, it might still apply to them. It's not strictly commercial, like retail space, industrial space. It does apply to some properties, as a lot of our audience have, that are rented out to tenants on a, a residential basis as well. That's right. There's, there's actually a sliding scale that goes from 10% up to 45%. 45% is hotels, pubs, uh, hotels and care homes. Then the lower end at 10%. We can go to a residential property that's got two or more tenants. Not a, doesn't have to be an HMO. That's called a multi-let. So if you're in a, you're in a property with two bedrooms and you've got two people in it paying a rent, they can be in one AST for all that matters, but that property will qualify for capital allowances at around 10% of the purchase price. So the longer you've had it, obviously the lower the purchase price was, but if you spent a fortune on it, some of those works can be qualified as capital allowances. The reality is that if you just did it for one property, it wouldn't be worth our while doing. We really are talking to property owners who've got half a million pounds worth of property in their portfolio upwards. We can save them quite considerably money um, if they've got multi-lets, HMOs, student-lets. Holiday-lets are particularly good, and there's lots of tax reasons around holiday-lets. Um, pubs, clubs, restaurants, hotels, care homes, warehouses, factories, office blocks are very, very good. Imagine if you buy an office block to convert, which many um, landlords are doing these days because there's a shortage of residential properties. You buy a, an office block for, let's say, £500,000, the scale, and if you look at our website, you'll see this scale laid out for you, that would attract around 30% capital allowances on the purchase price. So what exactly do you mean by capital allowances? It sounds great, but I mean, what exactly are you claiming against? How are you saving money? You're claiming, you're claiming against all the fixtures and fitters within the building. That can be the wiring, the cabling, the heating, the lighting, the electricity, carpets. We can even put a price on a 15-year-old carpet that qualifies under HMRC guidelines. The ability to survey the property is something that's a very specialist skill where we have to count everything that's in there and then we have to work out the formula to understand what allowances will be allowable against it. That's our skill and that's part of what we have to do for each client. Just going back to the office block, giving an example of the sorts of monies we're talking about, a £500,000 office block, which converts nicely to residential, would attract 30% capital allowances. That's £150,000. So it's 30% of the purchase price. 
30% of the prices would be the ballpark figure of the uh, qualifying plant machinery. Okay. So 150,000 cattle allowances, you'd either get that against your personal tax, if you're a 40% taxpayer and you own the property, £60,000 tax saving. If it's a limited company owner and it's paying corporation tax, it would be 20%. So that would be £30,000 in actual tax savings. So just in that one property, there is a serious amount of capital allowance tax to be saved that we help make happen. You, you mentioned things like carpets that are 15 years old, so this doesn't even necessarily need to be based on renovations or a certain amount of money that you spend on the property. Any commercial property would qualify for this. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we often don't need all the full receipts. People think we must have receipts for everything that's been spent. That's not how it works. When a surveyor turns up, he can identify everything that's claimable. And a proportion, if you've done major building works, a proportion of those could be available for capital allowances. Many people don't realize that when you convert a property, there's things called ECAs, enhanced capital allowances. If you buy a boiler, a big boiler to service a number of flats, and it qualifies under government guidelines, you can get 150% tax relief. And no one really knows much about all these things. Now, our role as chartered accountants isn't simply to get the figures that are available, it's what you do with them. Because everyone's tax situation is different, depending on how you own a property, depending on whether it's limited company, whether it's sole trader, whether it's in partnership. All of those things have a bearing on how you use these capital allowances. If your properties qualify, we can save you serious tax. Now, Around the tax saving, there's some serious challenges for many landlords now, isn't there, about the mortgage interest relief changes this year, which are getting worse this year, next year, and the following year. We've got the ability to do property tax restructuring. So we help our clients. We first of all help them with capital allowances. What's in their portfolio that can save them tax straight away? One. Two, we then help them look at their existing structure. Now, you can't give tax advice to somebody unless you know the intimate details of their situation. Otherwise, you're just talking generalities, aren't you? Many landlords with good portfolios, it's being suggested they put them into a limited company. Now, on the face of it, that sounds quite good, but they're not being told there could be stamp duty charges, there could be capital gains tax implications, they're changing the laws on taking money out through dividends, so they're not as tax efficient as they used to be. We use a, um, a combination of limited liability partnerships underneath which you can put a limited company, you can put a sole trader, and they really are tax efficient. And Chris Bailey, that's one of his specialities. But we start everything by looking at people's portfolios to see if their properties qualify for capital allowances. So just to repeat, multi-lets, two or more tenants qualify, HMOs obviously, student-lets, holiday-lets, Pubs, clubs, restaurants, hotels, care and guests, the list is endless. You, you, you mentioned that there's a, a sliding scale, so different properties qualify for a different percent of capital allowances based on the purchase price, and then you said there's extra capital allowances or enhanced capital allowances based on the amount of money you spend on it. But you said that the, the process to quantifying, to calculate that amount is quite complicated, so you've got a a surveying process to get to the actual amount for each individual property. Once you've got that amount, 
what happens then? How do you how do people actually realise the savings? Okay, well this is this is part of the tax implications of what you've now got. You've got a figure of sixty thousand pounds of actual tax savings. Let's say, how do you use them? If you own the property personally, you can offset those savings against your personal tax. You get a rebate against your last two year. You offset against what you might pay this year, and then if it, if there's more, you carry it forward, looking like a loss on your books. If you own the properties as a, as a limited company, which many already have done, and providing it pays corporation tax, you can offset those savings against corporation tax and get a corporation tax rebate. So when we've identified what's available in the property, we prepare a 12 to 15 page report for each property. And then we help our clients submit those claims to HMRC either directly for them or via and with their accountant. It's important to realize, Mike, we've worked with over a thousand accountants now. Many of them white label us and use us as their in-house service because they understand they can't know everything about capital allowances and property tax strategy planning. So you're not necessarily competing with other accountants, you're working alongside them. So it's not a case of someone having to switch everything over to you no, in order no, to take advantage no of No way. Okay. Our ideal client has a good accountant that understands them, works with them for a number of years, can identify every single bill, every single receipt, really look after their client you know, figure, figuratively. Our role is to give proper tax advice that, that, that saves money. We obviously, we, how we work financially, by the way, with capital allowances, everything's on a no-win, no-fee basis. We've been doing it for 13 years, so we know it works. There's no upfront fees for anybody. If we do a survey on a property and there's no sustainable claim, there's no charge for that. But because we're so skilled and knowledgeable, we know that if we put a claim in, there's a hundred, we have a 100% success record. So it works for both parties. We say to everybody, you pay us out of the savings we can make for you. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice way to work. If we can't make them, we don't take you on. Now, just changing the subject towards tax restructuring, that's done on a setup cost fee and then a monthly fee for the tax advice and, and the use of the service. But again, that's all done up front with notification, with proposals, with talking things through. One of the things that I really like to talk to clients about is, first of all, we look at your capital allowances. Can we save you tax now at no risk, no fee? We guarantee all our work for six years, Mike. We've got 1.5 million uh, PI cover. No one's ever at risk, right? When that's done, we then organize a telephone conference with Chris Bailey to look and talk about their existing structure. Whatever your structure might be, Mike, Chris would look at it and say, this is what you're paying now. This is where you are. Next year, it's going to change to this and then to that. This new structure could save you this amount of money here, could mean you could do this better. He'll give you practical tax advice on the phone. And initially, that first telephone conference for about an hour is free of charge. It's on the basis that if there's chemistry between you and him, that he'll take you on as a client if he can save you tax. If he can't save you tax, we've got 4,000 clients, so we don't, need, we don't need too many more. So what we're trying to do is to help the, um, the landlord and the investment market protect itself. Now, there's an important thing that I wanted to cover in this podcast is that the law on capital allowances changed in April 14. Okay, now what it says category is this. If the allowances aren't identified at the point of the sales contract, so imagine if you're buying that office block and you buy it and your solicitor hasn't helped you do it properly, the contract and, and the written, the new formula, you will have lost those allowances. 
So the legal profession is moving towards litigation cases where they're not advising the clients of what they should be doing about these capital allowances. And I urge all of your listeners that if they are moving forward buying commercial property, that they should be making sure they get the right advice as they move towards the contract. So this is something that should be dealt with when you're purchasing the property then? It's not something that you can apply retrospectively to an existing portfolio? Oh, absolutely, because there's a double whammy of good news. One, one, as you go to buy something, you want to know that there's allowances there that are yours to keep. But more importantly, whatever's in your portfolio, the best time to claim the capital allowances is as soon as you can because you can claim them straight away. You can claim them now and offset them against your tax return that you put in for the last year. So you can get savings very, very quickly. Typically, we're getting our savings rebates or, ta- or corporation tax rebates within eight to 12 weeks. Wow, that is quick. Yeah, we are at the mercy of uh, di- di- different HMRC offices. But by and large, the, the surveying process takes about three weeks. We have to do due diligence on each property to check it out. Um, we then prepare the report, 12 to 15 pages, which we discuss with the client and the accountant to make sure there's no double claiming. We submit the claim and then wait for their, um, their due diligence to make it all happen. So is, is there any time frame after which you can't go back and claim these capital allowances? If someone's listening to this and maybe they bought a commercial property five years ago, can they still benefit from it? Absolutely. You can go back 30, 40 years Obviously, the further back you go, because everything's based on the purchase, original purchase price. It's not based on the current value. So if you bought something for 200000 10 years ago, it's now worth a million. It's still based on the 200000 and if And if there is potential for within the work you've done on it, we'll put that into the pot as well. But you can go back as far. Um, with, the, with the purchase situation, when you come to buy something, it's got to be done at the right time. I sense that this, our marketplace is actually moving towards people buying commercial properties. Quite a few blocks are being bought with retail downstairs and then converting upstairs. They attract capital allowances between 30 and 35% based on the bottom property, on the retail property. So again, all of these rules, all of these things, when, when we talk to someone direct, so how it works, Mike, is that we ask for five bits of information, the address, we want the original purchase price, the year of purchase, we want what the property is and their current tax situation, i.e. 20%, 40% or company owned. We then send them a, an illustration that identifies our, our opinion of the likely tax savings. And it will have our fee on. We do charge, Mike. Was that the bad news? <laughs> we do charge. We charge about 6% of the actual capital ounces identified. And that's on the illustration. It says quite categorically what the net, net return to them is. And I say to some people, I say, God, those fees sound dear, because on a big case, they can be It can be dear. a lot of money, sure. Because we've got to do a full survey, we've got to do an HMRC report, we've got to guarantee it for blah, blah, blah. So what we, what we do is always point out the net figure is what they're going to get in their hand without paying out a penny usually. We won't take on a case for your, for your guys but if there is a danger of it not working. So you're, you're, you're pretty certain now. I mean, you said you've got, what, 13 plus years of experience in capital allowances. You, you must know pretty quickly by looking at those five things that you ask for, whether or not there is a good claim there. Oh, absolutely. And, and the key questions are, the main question is, are you paying tax, Mr. Client? We do get people ring us up, Mike, and say, can you save me tax? And I say, well, how much tax did you pay last year? Oh, I didn't pay any. I didn't pay any the year before. 
So we can't save them if they haven't paid tax. So, however, many people, of course, don't pay much tax in, in a given year because they're offsetting their cost against their profits. But then next year, they're facing big tax bills because they've got nothing to offset. Those allowances will still be sitting there ready for them to use. They carry forwards indefinitely until you use them? That's right. Now, they can either have a full survey report and have it done ready to go, or they can wait till they're starting to pay tax, give us a ring, then we look after them. Fantastic. I mean, so you mentioned then that I think earlier on you said, you know, typically a portfolio of sort of half a million pound plus. Is there a rule of thumb of a client coming to you? Should they be in the 40% tax bracket to get the best savings from this? Does it make sense to people in a paying 20% tax? Does it make sense to people with smaller portfolios than half a million? What's the sort of benchmark for the lowest entry point for this to make sense? In, in terms of single properties, we sort of started around a quarter of a million. Just had a lady uh, yesterday, got a holiday let in Cornwall. She's paid a quarter of a million pound for it. She's going to be saving about £18,000 in tax, and she's a 20% taxpayer. So it, it works depending on the situation. If, if that quarter of a million was just four or five small HMOs, probably wouldn't save much. But even when we say probably wouldn't save much, Mike, that could be seven or eight thousand pounds they get on their hand. But our ideal client is, is certainly two fifty, half a million upwards with a portfolio. Obviously, if you're paying forty percent tax, you're getting twice as much of benefit. But if I can explain, many many landlords are in partnership with them, their wives. Often their wife might be the higher. Or, or husbands, Bill. Or husbands. These are modern or husbands. times. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be ever so careful. Um, and what they can do between them is they can use these allowances in any way they want. So it might suit the husband to have all of them at 40%, or it might suit the wife to have them all because she wants to stay at 20%. And that's part of the tax planning equation because they don't have to be divvied up 50-50. Okay, so it's down to the individual how they, how they split them. How they split them. Again, this is part of the use of cattle allowances in terms of tax planning. It's not just enough to have a figure. It's what you can do with it, how you can use it, how it will affect where you're going next year. And then if you're talking to us about restructuring, perhaps around the use of LLPs, then the whole thing fits together very nicely. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So let's just go back to that example you said then, just to keep things clear and, and get really, uh, really detailed on this. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, for example, a £60,000 capital allowance. Just so I know that I'm understanding this correctly. After someone's, let's assume they've already, they've taken, you know, they've got their £11,000 personal allowance that they don't pay any tax on. Everything after that, if they had a £60,000 allowance, everything up to, I guess that would be £71,000, would be entirely tax free. Am I, am I thinking about it the right way? Y yes and no, it will depend. Now, normally, the way, when the figure's identified, it's Mr. HMRC, yeah. You, you then get the money back as a rebate against the last two years. And typically that would be about two thirds of the figure we've identified over the last two years, providing you've paid tax, of course. Yeah, and then, so we've got two thirds, you've actually got a rebate. And then the other third, you'd be offsetting against this year. And if there's more than the, the available, some carried forward to mitigate next year. And you, you said that that can be, it doesn't need to be against your property income. You could be in a full-time job and you could offset your capital allowances from property against your full-time income as well. 
Uh, yeah, that's absolutely. Whether you've got PAYE and, and rental income, you offset it against any of those how you want. Again, this is part of Chris's advice to help people understand how to use them. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see why it is such a, an important subject now. I'm just wondering, for people whose ears are starting to prick up and they're starting to think, wait, hang, <laughs> hang, hang on, this is actually really interesting. Is that a technical expression? <laughs> When you've got ears the size of mine, Bill, it's, you just kind of get used to talking about them in the third person. Um, the the process for making sure that you maximize these claims and you're able to actually make them and you're successful when you're making that claim then. You mentioned that you know there's there's a new law that came in in 2014, I think you said, um, to protect people and you know solicitors and accountants don't necessarily know about this. So what, what should buyers be doing when they're going through the conveyancing process to get the ball rolling? Okay, just a quick technical thing then. When, when a sales contract is drawn up by the seller, um, the buyer will send a form called a CPSE, Commercial Property Standard Inquiry. It's got 32 questions. It covers things like boundaries and VAT and things like that, that the buyer needs to know, yes? The last question, number 32, has 10 subsections around capital allowances. And the very last one says, tell us the name of your capital allowance advisor. So we are actually bound into every single commercial contract in the country. Because unless these are allowances identified properly by both parties, both parties will lose them. Now, if you're selling your property, you can't at the last minute suddenly say, oh, I'm going to claim these allowances, because you have to have them identified and agreed and put in your books. Okay, but for the buyer... He, he can get right to the very end, and if they're not been mentioned properly in the contract, we can help him write the contract properly and help his solicitor do it properly. We've done, a work, we've done workshops now for over 100 solicitors, and I have to tell you, Mike, the Law Society said last year that 90% of solicitors aren't engaging in best practice because they don't understand how to work out the figures. But Actually, it is all quite straightforward. So we're still doing workshops, and we're still getting phone calls. We had one yesterday. Uh, a guy just, just bought a property for £400,000. Capital allowances hadn't been identified. If he didn't get the right help, Mike, all those allowances, 400 times 40%, because it was a care home, will be lost. So the word of caution is, as your uh, people come towards buying something, make sure that this lister understands it. All that's needed is that we give them a ring. No solicitor tells us to clear off. They actually all welcome our help. Because we're chartered accountants, we're guaranteeing our work and our reputation so they know they're being looked after properly. Yeah, of course. You, you mentioned something there about having to identify it. So when you're going through the, the purchasing process, you need to identify the allowances. That brings me back to a question I asked earlier about retrospectively claiming them. If you've not identified them during the, the purchase process, does that make it more difficult to claim on properties you've bought in the past? No, no, no. I mean, the message is anyone's got commercial properties that qualify, claim straight away. Claim as soon as you can because you can offset them against your tax now. I mean, the time is good. You can offset them against last year. You can resubmit. Chris will help you, re help you and your accountant resubmit. Many accountants don't even know where to put these allowances in the forms. So, so we, we, we give practical, useful advice, and that's really the message that um, I'd like to drive home. There's a few other questions just like to touch base with. Um, accountants often say, oh, when you claim these allowances, you'll have to pay them back. Yeah, you've claimed the allowances, so when you come to sell, you've got to pay them back. Not true. Categorically, that is not the law. When you've got these allowances, Mike, they're yours to do what you want with.
they can't take them back. You use them once. Now, if you've already claimed, when you come to sell, the buyer won't be able to claim them. Okay, so it's, it's, it's only, you can only claim capital allowances once against the property. That's right. However, you can get two bites of the cherry. If you bought a care home for half a million and then you spent a million on it, you could get capital allowances on, on the refurbishment, total rebuilding costs. So you could get two bites of the cherry. Could you could you claim for the renovation if if someone's already claimed it for the property itself before you bought it? Could you still claim for the work that you do? The new work, yes, and we would encourage you to be looking at. If you remember, I mentioned ECAs. When you come to rebuild, talk to us about the best way of buying the most energy efficient products that you get the most tax relief on. We don't charge for that. We just point you in the right direction. So even if someone has already claimed against the property that you're buying, you can still you can still make some claim, not against the property purchase price, but against the works that you do in the future. Often. And just to add to that, five years ago, they changed all the, all the laws on what could be claimed around lighting, heating, electricity. So we often get people who claimed a couple ounces seven, eight years ago, and we turn up to do a survey, and we still make substantial worthwhile savings for both parties. Wow. Okay. So yeah, especially it, in, the, in the care home market, lots of care homes had capital allowances done eight, nine years ago. I say five years ago, all the rules changed on what was claimable now, so we can add value to um, them and resubmit the claim and get them some more allowances. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it is something I have heard that obviously been misinformed that you can only claim them once against the property. Now, as you've said, that is true to an extent, but there are other ways that you yep. can claim against Absolutely. the works that you're doing. Okay. Good. And it just needs a few careful questions from us. We, if you rang us up and said you've got this care home, they've been claimed, we can actually unravel whether it's worth doing another claim. Our, our role when we take on a case is to do due diligence. We have to check that the previous owner hasn't claimed them. If we submitted a claim on your property that you've just bought without checking the previous owner, we'd be liable for the money to be paid back. So our role is due diligence to check everything out for you. So if you buy something, you know it's been looked after. If you're thinking of selling or you're just sitting there with a property that qualifies, we'll help you understand how to get the allowances and how to use them and put them in your portfolio. Well, that, that was kind of my next question. Is there a register? Is there some way of telling what properties have made capital allowances claims already in the past? No. That's part of the reason why this new law came in. If I said to you that up to April 2014, HMRC had no record of capital allowances being claimed, so a seller could claim them, and then he'd sell it, and then the buyer would claim them. And there was no record. That's why the new law came in. Because now, if they're not claimed, they're lost. So the HMRC are quite happy with that, aren't they? Yeah, for sure, yeah. But do, doing those checks is, is something that you'll take care of as well. Oh, absolutely, yes. And we have to do it 100%. So what, what haven't I asked you about that I should have done with regards to capital allowances? Well, um, if, if, if people go to our website, there's a list of questions. Um, uh, is it all very risky? Will HMRC claim the money back if they investigate my tax affairs? Uh, there is some concern that if you speak to HMRC, put your head above the radar, they're going to come after you like a ton of bricks. It doesn't happen with capital allowance claims. They are not something that causes the HMRC worry. We, we have a 15-page report, typically. So if HMRC wants to query why we've identified all these things, there it is, 30, 40 photographs, supporting evidence, all the formula, all the figures, all the facts, underwritten by a you know, chartered accountants. So it doesn't cause 
you problems with the HMRC. If you've already got problems, that's a different thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, of course. Casual allowances won't aggravate any problems, I promise you. Okay, perfect. One one final thing, I assume because this is a, a UK-based property and it's a UK-based allowance, you need to be a UK taxpayer in order to claim these. So for expats and overseas investors, you may not be able to take full advantage of it, but I suppose you can still offset it against your property income in the UK, even if you're earning in your day job overseas. You're absolutely right. And part of Chris's speciality in property tax law strategic planning is helping expats come back here and sort their affairs out properly and correctly. And many of them have bought commercial properties. And so that's their excellent for capital allowances. But let me just tell you something. If you own a property in Spain or anywhere in the European um, economic area and you have a property abroad that you are renting, Providing it's on the books and you, you're a UK taxpayer, you can claim capital allowances on it. Wow. Okay, I didn't know well, that. But that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's very interesting. Well, we have it. We have a, a client that's got 11 properties in Cyprus last year, and we're able to save him £15,000 um, capital uh, uh, tax on each property that he didn't know about. These are all big sums of money that you're talking about. Oh, they're nice lumps, I promise you. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is that everybody thinks they've claimed everything. Our biggest second question is, surely my accountant and I have claimed everything. And of course, you're sitting there, Mr. Property Investor, where you've got receipts for every single thing under God's earth, haven't you? Of course, You've claimed yeah. everything, every penny going. You'd like to think so. And then we turn up and say, well, hang on, you didn't claim these. Most people think they've claimed everything, Mike, and it is a fact that 90% of commercial property owners haven't claimed the allowances due to them. And that, that's... That it's, a fun, it's a challenge for us to sort of spread the good news, knowing how good it is. Well, hopefully we can help do that. Now, before we give people information about how they can get in touch with you, Bill, I have just one more question. I've thought back to something you mentioned earlier about not necessarily being commercial property. Any building, residential or otherwise, that has two or more tenants can be claimed for this but you also mentioned that it's a standard commercial purchase form that has the section on capital allowances so if you're buying a residential property to use as an hmo as a holiday let as two or more tenants is the process for claiming different in those instances no you you, you buy as it is you buy a residential property that's going to become an hmo you're just doing the normal residential contract Okay, so you don't, you don't need to think about anything? You don't need to worry about it, no. And if you've got planning permission, the minute you've bought it with planning permission, you can claim your capital allowances. Now, I'm going to say one more thing about development as, as it crosses my mind. If you buy a commercial property, if, you have, have you, if you've recently bought one and you haven't claimed your allowances, okay, and they weren't mentioned in the contract or anything else, the minute you start to develop that property, your allowances are gone. The minute you start to develop the property, they're gone. If, if you had a contract signed and it's sitting there, please give us a ring because we can um, have ways. There is a time lapse in, in this that we can, we can use and actually get your allowances back on the table. But if you start developing before that happens, they're gone forever. Okay. Yeah. How's good, that for a good message? Good, good to know. And a, a good point to end on because, yeah, it's, um, you know, I guess there could be people who are about to pull the trigger and start that development work. So it's worth putting the brakes on and just having a quick chat with you before they do that. Absolutely. And you can actually, if you buy a commercial property, the day you exchange, you can claim capital allowance. Don't have to wait till you complete. So you can, you can do the process and then get on with developing very quickly.
It's, it's amazing. You want to say, we, have, we, we have clients that actually have come to Chris, put a deal on the table where they clearly don't want to pay all their fees up front until the property is making money. But because they've got planning permission and because they're ready to go, Chris will take a view, do the surveys, and wait till they start to pay tax. So we can be flexible with the right people, that's for sure. Yeah. You can see why so many people say it sounds too good to be true because it really does. But, I mean, with your track record, you know that the the successes are certainly there to be had. Yeah, we don't take stuff on that we can't sustain, so that's fundamental. If people want to get in touch with us, Mike, um, the, the website is thebaileygroup.co.uk. There's a couple of videos of my ugly mug, I'm afraid, which kind of everything. <laughs> my phone number is 01327-340408. And just to repeat, the four-stage process, we look, up, look to see if we can save your capital allowances. We then ask you to tell us information about yourself with a view to having a telephone conference with Chris and then a one-to-one meeting to help make it all happen. Fantastic. Well, it sounds as like you certainly make it as easy as possible for people as well, which is great. Bill, I will make sure that those links to your website, your phone number, everything is put up on the show notes page for this episode so that once people realize just how much money they could be saving, I'm sure they will be giving you a quick call or getting in touch via your website. But let's wrap it up there. I just want to thank you for sharing all of that. It has been eye-opening for me. I'm sure it will have been for our audience as well. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and I am sure we will speak again on some equally interesting topic at some point in the future. Mike, ben, uh, I just want to thank you. You may not believe this, I was actually very nervous of talking to so many people. You've made it a pleasure. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks a lot, Bill. Take care. Bye. Inside HMO Investing will show you how to find, fund and renovate your next HMO property with over 10 hours of content on every stage of the process from picking your location to moving in your tenants. We've almost finished the first test run of the course, which means that after a few tweaks and some refinement, we'll be releasing a second test to another small group of ambitious HMO investors. If you want to be on the list to grab one of the few spots available in this second group, then head over to insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash HMO to find out more. The first group sold out in only three days, which is no surprise given the vast amount of content and the price of less than £100. And we expect the second group to do exactly the same. So make sure you get on the waiting list now at insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash HMO. Woo-hoo!